The coding bootcamp industry might be going through massive changes on the other side of the pandemic. In this podcast, I'm talking with Dan Vignor, CEO at HackerU, Kush Patel, CEO at App Academy, and Martin Keck, Managing Director at Needham & Associates. This is the Knowledge Leaders Podcast with Todd Hand. It's Monday, June 1st. Kush, I'm going to start with you. What's it like running a coding bootcamp over the last three months? Yeah, uh, it's, um, there's, a, there's a famous quote about uh, sometimes nothing happens for decades and then so, you know, uh, sometimes decades happen in a few weeks. Uh, I think it was actually Lennon who said that, but uh, that's, how, that's, that's a little bit how it feels. Um, the, the, the world's turned upside down and uh, uh, yeah, we've, we've seen uh, just crazy changes to the, to the business, to the landscape. So obviously all the coding boot camps that were in person have moved online. That's been a huge change uh, for us. We, we, we've had the online course live for about 18 months. So, so, so we had a little bit of a head start on, uh, you know, just the, how to design an online course, how to deliver it, uh, et cetera. So um, and were you a hybrid so between in person and online? We we were yeah so 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 even our quote unquote in person was it was a hybrid always uh, but but that moved to to fully remote but um, yeah no that's that's been uh, kind of interesting to see the enrollment kind of trends there and and increasing demand for online education um, given you know just the market, significant labor market dislocations uh, and then on the other side in terms of placing students you know we we have a pretty good pulse on what's happening with junior sophomore. Uh, placement, given that, you know, 80% of students are, are on the income share agreement. So, um, so yeah, so, so, you know, New York really slowed down as that became the epicenter of the coronavirus and really start to pick up as that, as that has, has started to, 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 to abate. So, um, yeah, noticed, uh, noticed a lot of changes. Dan, how about you and HackerU? It's a good question. HackerU's main mission is really to build a cyber and digital skills workforce in collaboration with top tier universities, enabling people from different socioeconomic levels to come into the very lucrative cyber and, and digital skills market. And we see now in the COVID world, our mission has really become an obligation. With a huge unemployment of 20, 30 million people expected, we see that our ability to reskill people and find them jobs in very lucrative future uh, of the future industry is very, very important. And after the first, let's say, two, three week of shock, um, we've seen a huge uptick in the need also for universities to collaborate with us in order to really bring to their communities a very quick, for example, a very quick fix. But it's, 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 uh, it's really helping the people in their communities, enabling them to come and, and study for 10 months part time and find a very lucrative job. And this is, you know, it's, it's really a, a very high purpose, but a very needed task right now. And our switch into online platform was, was basically seamless because we've been working and developing not just our um, very high level quality LMS, but a whole virtual platform where our ability to teach experiential learning and give people a very practical, um, learning environment through their browser to a virtual environment where we have a cyber arena and cyber challenges and virtual labs that they can practice uh, real life situations. We implemented 
really overnight because we've already developed it previously. And that led to a very high quality experiential and, and delivery um, modality for the students that couldn't come into the classroom. Do you guys see any difference in outcomes between students that primarily go online versus in person? No, no, we, um, we really, we really um, I think, pride ourselves in, in enabling people with no previous skills in computers or in that specific subject, enabling to train them and get them workforce ready. And the really, the main prerequisite is a very high level of motivation. And if you have the motivation and the aptitude and attitude to work hard and learn for, let's say, part-time 10 months period, plus or minus, you will come out workforce ready and, and, and able to find a job, whether in the cyber industry, in digital marketing that's uh, very high in demand right now, in coding, data analytics, and in all our subjects that are really subjects of the future jobs. Kush, what's your experience between outcomes yeah. online versus in person? So we're, we're seeing some, some pretty interesting things. So, so one, uh, for, first with graduation rate, um, we're, we're, we're pretty excited about what, what we're seeing online. So even though the um, kind of on-time graduation rate is called 70% instead of 80% uh, for the, for the uh, you know, um, in-person courses that we, that we teach versus the online courses, uh, because mastery-based learning is so much easier online than it is in person where we can start a course essentially much more quickly without having, you know, 10 classrooms in a, in a physical location. Uh, because, because that's possible, the 150% uh, graduation rate, um, you know, essentially the, 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 the number of students or the percentage of students that, that, that will fin finish within 150% of the published course length, that uh, is, 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 is north of 90%. And we're seeing, seeing significantly stronger graduation outcomes there. So, um, and, and we're finding because we're using the mastery-based learning approach that, that these students have much stronger mastery of the, of the underlying material. So um, they're, they're, we're pretty excited about what, what, what we're seeing on the graduation side. And then on the job placement side, we're actually seeing students find jobs much faster. Um, from the from the online course, so the uh, median salaries are a bit lower. So we're talking about eighty thousand, uh, roughly, uh, um, across the U.S. versus the median salaries of about ninety to one hundred thousand, uh, one hundred ten thousand in uh, San Francisco and New York. Uh, but cost of living adjusted, um, the 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 online students are actually doing much better than than the students in in our San Francisco and New York classes. Martin, what kind of activity are you and Needham Company seeing in this space, both from a buyer and a seller perspective? I would say from a seller perspective, you know, we're seeing a lot of innovation um, and a lot of rapid adaptation going on right now. I think um, both Dan and Kush uh, began the year with um, a mix of on-site and online programs. They've obviously both uh, quickly adapted to uh, pivot to full online delivery um, and quite successfully. Um, you know, from a seller perspective, I think, you know, not a lot of folks are rushing to the exits right now. Um, you're seeing sellers be selective about trying to find the right partner in this environment. It's uh, not quite a seller's market at the moment, although I will say, you know, the longer term trends certainly are, um, you know, auguring well for businesses like this. Um, everyone perceives uh, and understands the value now of um, alternative 
alternative education pathways like coding boot camps, and particularly in light of the disruption to the traditional four-year higher ed experience that's likely to happen as a result of coronavirus. So, you know, I think from a long-term perspective, the sellers are going to be well positioned. On the buyer side, um, we are seeing quite a bit of interest in the space. Um, you know, folks that kick the tires on some of the early coding boot camp businesses, you know, the iron yards and dev boot camps, and and uh, you know, we're sort of disappointed with the outcomes there. You know, even even galvanize. Um, you know, I think there's enthusiasm around the new set of players in the space. Um, some who have been at it a while, but are now really accelerating their businesses. Um, HackerU, App Academy, sort of two among those. And then some newer entrants in the space, you know, that we're seeing out there that are sort of, um, you know, leveraging some of the models um, around ISAs, around online delivery. Uh, that have gained traction in, in really, you know, what I would sort of call wave two of the, the coding bootcamp landscape that we're in right now. So it's definitely an exciting time in the space. Um, and one where I definitely agree with Kush's assessment of sort of rapid innovation occurring, um, even in a, in a market that's sort of known for innovation, we're, uh, we're seeing the, the, the pace redoubled in this environment. Is the challenge of student acquisition the same going forward than it was six months ago, or is that challenge changing? So we find that today, in terms of student acquisition, there's many more uh, interested parties, many more enrollments. It's actually student acquisition at the beginning is easier. Now we start with an introductory course. So you don't really have to pay the fifteen, twenty thousand dollars of boot camps right away. You only pay five hundred dollars, and you get an introductory course, and you get really to test the waters. You learn the fundamentals of that course, whether it be cybersecurity or digital marketing, or or the other digital skills, and you also get to see what the market in that program in that vertical, for example, cybersecurity, has to offer you. Now from that. We have about you know sixty percent to continue to the extended course, and so at the end of the day, we fill up bigger classes because there's bigger numbers that are starting out right away from the beginning. But we're able to weed out those people that that subject matter is not really for them, and that's another reason actually why our completion rates are very high. We find that our completion graduation rates are 95, 96% because we've already weeded out those people that really don't have the right attitude or, or that subject matter is not for them, that they, you know, they understand that they will not be able to go through a 10 months program and really put the work in it that's necessary for them to become workforce ready. For, for for our part, we're we're also seeing that that it's becoming uh, much easier to to acquire customers. Um, a big driving force behind this is just the increased number of web searches around you know basically all facets of online education. I think um, CPAs have fallen uh, pretty broadly across the ad industry. That's not exactly true in the online ed space, where you know I think people have a lot of dollars to spend. They're like, hey, that you know now's a great time to to to, to spend them. So um, we're not seeing huge efficiencies there, but um, we, we are seeing the, 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 the yields or conversion rates on, on advertising just increase pretty dramatically because of this, this, this uh, increased search volume. Are you seeing an increase in students who are 
not going to a two or four year college or university and instead going the route of a coding bootcamp? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that we, we see a huge amount, but we do see quite a few, uh, there is quite a few high schoolers that are taking a gap year and then taking this course. Um, I would say it's about, today it's about 10 to 12% of those. So, I mean, it used to always be around six, 7%, and now I think it doubled to about uh, 10 to 12%. We, we actually haven't seen um, a huge increase in terms of uh, folks that are, that are looking to us as, as a college alternative. That's been a little bit by, by design. Uh, when we launched the course initially, we actually only offered the ICA to, to, to students that either already had a college degree or were 22 years old or uh, older. Um, that, that was essentially a, a historical um, kind of decision that that, that uh, we're 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 reexamining and and um, you know as we as we make changes there uh, we we've already brought it down to uh, twenty or, or or older and we're and we're looking at the the, the eighteen nineteen uh, kind of segment and thinking about uh, expanding there but but um, we haven't seen a, a huge amount of change because of the, because of that reason. Martin, there's a whole ecosystem here, and all the pieces are codependent on each other. You know, there's the enterprise, the companies that will be hiring these students after going through the programs. There are partnerships with colleges and universities. Obviously, there are the availability of students and with unemployment numbers higher than we've seen in decades. There's certainly a lot of available students. Talk a little bit about the ecosystem. And I actually want to go around the horn. So Martin, we'll start with you and how all of these pieces fit together and how that may change going forward. Absolutely, Todd. I, I guess the other piece I'd add is um, enterprises um, on the side of sort of outplacement and reskilling and upskilling. Um, you're seeing you know, companies like Guild uh, launch some really interesting initiatives there. You know, Amazon has some interesting upskilling initiatives that they finance internally to actually you know, send their employees into these kind of programs and then, you know, rehire them back in, uh, in different uh, higher paying roles. So yeah, no, it, it's definitely uh, a complex ecosystem, um, one that's worked pretty effectively. Um, I would say, you know, a lot of boot camps, you know, historically have struggled to sort of complete that last mile and really do placements in a programmatic way um, into enterprise. You know, that's been an area where I think the brand and the reputation really matter. So folks like App Academy have done well there. Um, but that's a really difficult piece of the puzzle. I do think, you know, bootcamp credentials are getting, you know, higher acceptance now than they were, you know, five years ago when nobody had heard of the coding bootcamp and you just wanted to hire the kid who went to MIT or Caltech. Um, so, you know, I, I think uh, the ecosystem is maturing in uh, very positive ways. And then, you know, the other part that you mentioned, Todd, certainly, you know, the, the ecosystem relationships between uh, universities and alternative education providers. You know, Dan's probably best positioned to speak to that, but I think the growing acceptance of partnerships there to, to offer these kind of courses is, is a really interesting evolution and, and one that, you know, we saw really take off with Trilogy and then progress with other providers in the space. It's a very good question, and we find more and more collaboration desired and wanted both by the employers and by the universities. We're actually um, in Europe writing a white paper with universities and employers 
about new revenue streams and possibilities for universities and employers during this COVID-19. Um, what we find is actually the universities are collaborating with us more deeply and would in desire to incorporate our curriculum and our delivery into part of their undergraduate and graduate um, level programs. So not just a, to stay a certificate program where we find work, but actually to add the practical education delivery modality into their undergraduate and graduate level type of programs because they more and more are gravitating towards skills that are needed for the workforce. And really to come out of that four-year experience or two-year experience, not just with, with a great basis of theory and a degree, but also with really practical education that you can overnight use in the, in the world. Because you know that cybersecurity and digital marketing code, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a field that are changing all the time. And it's different when you start college and four years later, the cyber security world has already changed. So you need to always stay relevant. And we, we have a, a team of 36 people that are in our R&D that make sure that our curriculums and all the digital skills are relevant. All our instructors are working in the field. All our instructors that we have in our uh, collaboration with universities are instructors that work in the field. And they bring real business expertise. And they also build the ecosystem for that learner where usually during the course, they already find the learner an internship or a part-time job in cybersecurity, in digital marketing. So they get to not only have practical education in the course, in the program, but already through the program, begin working at that skill as a, as a very junior level. So when they finish their program, they also have some workforce experience in cybersecurity or digital marketing, et cetera. So we found that, that the best way to work most closely with, with, with companies, with, with employer partners is um, first organically, uh, you know, j just placing students there, get, getting a sense of, uh, it, essentially a, a, a kind of trust building exercise. So um, placing those folks, giving the, the company a sense of, uh, hey, you know, App Academy knows how to, how to train technical talent. And and once we have that, we think of that basically as the uh, kind of tip of the spear into that that enterprise relationship and, and try to then sell um, other, uh, you know, enterprise uh, um, tech talent solutions more, more broadly speaking. So um, that includes kind of continuing education for uh, not only our alumni base, but the software engineers that sit around those folks. Uh, recruiting services. So um, essentially helping those those enterprises find new experienced engineers. So we, we don't charge anything to, to place our new grads, but um, you know, for a, for a, a second or third job for, for an alum, uh, the companies uh, essentially more than happy to pay if they're matched to the to the right talent at the right time, you know, et cetera. So, um, and 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 if we can kind of facilitate that 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 transaction. So, um, that's kind of how how we how we think about the 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 employer partnership. Uh, we've gone a little you know one, one step further, which is that we've really started to integrate that enterprise feedback into our core uh, curriculum and instructional development lifecycle. So, um, our B two C bootcamp, uh, which historically was was driven by a desire to, to place students at tech companies kind of, you know, en masse or, or, or kind of across the board is now focused on how do we train these, these folks to be great 
enterprise software engineers, which, which is a different uh, kind of beast, right? So uh, different kind of skill set, technically, as well as non-technically, and, 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 and understanding how to work in that kind of large company environment and still drive a lot of value. So um, that's, that's kind of how, how our um, offerings have, have, have evolved in response to kind of the um, enterprise ecosystem, which is now much more welcoming to the, to the, to the bootcamp student. We'll wrap up with this last question. Dan, we'll start with you. Again, it's June 1st. The, the country is slowly starting to reopen. Going forward, what are you really optimistic about? What are you excited about? So I have to tell you that we're actually very, very thankful today because we're, um, you know, after the couple of weeks of, of beginning shock and, and real huge uncertainty, we found that what we're doing really does bring a huge value and purpose to communities and to universities. And to be able to wake up every day and to have a job and to be able to help people change their life and to help universities train the jobs of the future and future leaders and skills that they, they can find a job today is really uplifting. So on the one hand, it's a good business, but on the other hand, it's a huge purpose. And that's a huge impact. And, and, you know, June 1st, I'm excited every day. I'm thankful every day that we have this opportunity, that we're in a good place, and that we're able to help people change their life. We had, for example, just a, a short story. We had one guy who was a, um, he was a nurse in a hospital and he was going to be fired. He was, you know, 50 years old or so, 18 years in the hospital. He came and he passed our introductory course with flying colors. And then he worked really hard throughout the 10 months. He was both dyslexic, yoga instructor, and so forth. Worked really hard. And the week after he finished and graduated, the cyber department in that hospital gave him a job. He got back his tenure. He, he has now a job for the next 20 years. He couldn't be more thankful. And, and we, you know, we were a tool to help him change his life for the better and for, for the long run. And that's just, you know, I'm thankful every day that we have a chance to do that. Kush, what are you excited about? Really, the, the changes in, in higher education, in, in academia, I think that, uh, you know, COVID-19 has, has uh, caused many changes in, in society. One of them has been uh, kind of this, this flashpoint for higher education, and it's caused uh, a lot of potential students and, and current students to really, really, it, examine higher education from, from more of a first principles approach. And uh, I think they're finding that if you design higher education from a first principles approach, it probably doesn't look like the university of yesterday. So um, that said, you know, I think one thing that I'm excited about is that universities are responding to that and, and they're changing and they're, they're open to partnering with, um, you know, whether they're third party bootcamp, you know, kind of programs or, 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 or developing internal programs. Right. So uh, that said, I, I'm, I'm just excited that, uh, that, 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 Education is getting getting shaken up in a way that that, that it hasn't before, and, and and a lot of that is driven by real you know changes in the in the uh, customer needs and 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 those getting kind of percolated through the, the ecosystem. So um, I'm pretty excited about that. Okay, Martin, what does an investment banker on June first get excited about? Uh, you know, I think we're excited about the the tipping point that we see in the adoption of online education and the potential for many of these companies to continue to grow and scale their businesses um, and, you know, ultimately pre present opportunities for us to, to work with them on IPOs, on, you know, private placements to raise additional capital and, and on M&A transactions. Um, 
you know, we, we think uh, this disruption has been terrible for the economy writ large, but uh, there have been, you know, many beneficiaries within the, uh, the education technology and online learning space broadly. Um, and so I think we're, we're uh, excited to see some of that momentum continue coming out of um, the, the period that we're in and, and uh, hopefully it bears fruits uh, in terms of uh, some great outcomes for the industry. Guys, thank you very much. We are big fans of HackerU and App Academy. Martin, thanks for helping me pull this podcast together. I hope all of the things that we're excited about come true. We hope you enjoyed this episode and that you'll join us again for the next Knowledge Leaders podcast.